Hello and welcome to the Manchester is Red podcast. My name is Seb Parkinson and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio today by Sam Hutchison. Sam, Eric Tanag has just delivered his press conference ahead of both the Man United games against Wrexham at the San Diego Snapdragon Stadium and against Real Madrid, which I think is in Houston the day after. I think so, yeah. Eric Ten Hag is going to be managing both games, which is something we didn't expect. We sort of imagined that Darren Fletcher would take that the the game. But just, just reading into the press conference, we've just heard it. Um, people listening to this podcast will have heard the press conference as well. Sam, what, what did Eric Ten Hag say and what are your main takeaways from that podcast uh, press conference? I mean, I think the main takeaway there that seems to have been glossed over by most of the news outlet report, reporting it is Jaden Sancho as a false nine. It was a real a question asked by a journalist there and it's a real point of contention for Man United so far this preseason. who is going to be the starting striker come next season Man United don't really have an out and out number nine who's going to be readily available Anthony Martial's never fit you know Hoyland's not done yet Kane it looks like there might be a bit of interest still there but yeah he was answering about Jadon Sancho taking up these positions that he was really happy about and I think we might see that come the start of the season Maybe even Jaden Sancho starting as this false nine with like Rashford off the left and Anthony off the right, or even Garnacho off the left. Rashford as a sort of even as a sort of second false nine um, with sort of Bruno Fernandez mount. It looks like they'll both play in midfield. They've both been playing sort of this eight and a half role, and it honestly it looks like an actual. He's found a solution to a problem that Man United did suffer from last season. That was really where. Man United struggled last season, was not scoring enough goals. And this season, hopefully they score a lot more because it makes my job a lot easier. Marcus Rashford scored 30 goals, I think it was all told, last season. And uh, he's not featured yet. Oh, is he, did he come in in the second half? I think he made a cameo in the second half. But as uh, Samuel Lucas said on the podcast on Monday, if you want to listen to that, head over to bit.ly slash pod or search for Manchester is Red on your search engine. And it's available on all your podcasts providers around the world. Samuel said that United with three players off the full strength starting eleven at the start of that Arsenal game. So he identified as Casemiro, Rashford, and a another who I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. But it was three players. It probably was a striker. Um, oh, being goalkeeper. Yeah, of course. Onana wasn't playing. Yeah, so it's three three off the current yeah. uh, full strength starting eleven as it stands today. Um, United obviously in the market for a striker. Hoyland is the the name that's on everybody's lips. But uh, there's also been several other backup strikers and third and fourth choice strikers identified, which I think if you remember a while back, United had this uh, deal where it was either going to be um, the, the the Spanish striker or Romel Lukaku. And the Spanish striker lad, I can't remember his name, he ended up going to Chelsea, the big, tall, six foot four one. Morata. So United claimed that Morata was their number one target. We end up signing Lukaku. And it was like, actually, no, he was our number one target. <laughs> Fool you, Chelsea. They signed Morata for an inflated fee or whatever. Yeah. United, uh, the word is, the, the, the briefing as it is, is that United are after Hoyland. Yes. But those other names on the on the table. Now, who would you, as a, as a Manchester United journalist who covers the club start to finish, who would you like to see Man United bring in? See, I'm not sure Hoyland's worth. I mean, the report today has been Man United's cap is 60 million euros, 60 million pounds. Um, and I don't really think Hoyland's worth 60 million euros, pounds yet. He's just, he's not proven enough in the top five leagues. 
he's definitely not proven enough at a sort of top level for a top club like Manchester United. You know, he's done it at Atalanta for about six months. Uh, he did it in Austria. He was really good before he went to Atalanta. But now he's... Is he really ready to make that step up to be a £60 million striker in the Premier League? It's probably the toughest league in the world at the minute, especially for a striker. You know, we've seen a lot of strikers who in other countries have done well come to the Premier League and not do anything. I mean, the first choice has always got to be Harry Kane. He's the most guarantee of goals you're going to get outside of Erling Haaland in the Premier League. I think if Man United did go and bring in Kane... They'd probably add 25 goals a season, which could be the difference between an extra trophy, deeper in the Champions League, even sort of challenging for a title. 25 goals could make that massive difference. And I think Harry Kane has to be a first choice. If the rumours are true and Tottenham are now looking to sell, Daniel Levy's been given this ultimatum by Joe Lewis to sell Kane before the end of the summer transfer window so they don't lose what could be a £100 million fee next season for free. You know, Harry Kane, he is old now. He's not anywhere near as young as Hoyland is, but I do still think Harry Kane, because of the way he plays, the sort of what he relies on on the pitch, they're not going to be fading with age anywhere near as quick as, say, a sort of pacey like Martial, where he can't stay fit, so he's lost pretty much five yards of pace in the last two years. It's one of those, Harry Kane, even if he does go and get injured, sort of gets a niggling injury, I don't think it will change the way he plays going into the future. And I think he could be Manchester United striker for a good few years. The problem with that is Hoyland could be the Man United striker for 10 years and he could turn into this absolute world beater, him and Haaland going for the golden boot every single year in the Prem. Is that really realistic? We have no idea. He scored nine league goals last season. It's less than Marko Arnautovic, which is my favourite fact from Hoyland's last season. Because last season, every Man United fan was really upset that Ten Hag was looking at Arnautovic in the first place, even if it was just as a stopgap. And now it looks like Man United might, may end up spending 60 million on a player who got less goals. It's all just, it's all up in the air, isn't it, really? This is the beauty of football, Sam. The beauty of football is everybody has an opinion on everybody. We've all got a different story to tell about a different player. Arnautovic, I think the, the main thing I saw about the Arnautovic were the uh, allegations, the historic allegations against him. That was why a lot of United fans said, I don't want to bring a player like that into the club. Which brings us on to, you know, a player like Mason Greenwood. He, he is a player that on paper Manchester United need. He's a young, you know, potentially world-class winger striker. And he's proven it at United. Obviously, with everything that's gone on with Mason Greenwood's personal life, a lot of fans don't want to see him back at the club. That's a that's a conversation that Eric Ten Hag has had with uh, Tyrone Marshall, who asked the question in the press conference, and he has said, I have my feelings on where I want the player to be, but it's a club decision. So United could potentially go and buy a, a, a footballer 60 million quid. Now, just remember, Anthony Martial, what's the song? 60 million down the drain, Tony Marshall. Well, Tony Marshall scores again, right? Tony Marshall won't score until he plays. Tony Marshall won't play because, as Samuel rightly points out, he's made of paper mache. And it's a line that I love repeating because I have... He, he just is, isn't he? He's like, he's, like, he's like a chocolate fire guard. You know, he just... 
the guy can't stay fit. And and there may be, there may be more to it. There may be things going on behind the scene that we, as as the outside people, we don't know. We don't see there may be more to it. He might not just be injury upon. There might be something else going on, which which in later years to come will come out and we will be like, oh, I feel bad now because we slated him for not being fit. But we can only go off what we, we know see, this current we report. Yeah, yeah, we can only go off that. So do United bring in a £60 million forward that is of a similar race to what Anthony Martial was when we brought in. He comes in, sets the world alight. Anthony Martial scored that goal against Liverpool. I think it was his debut or, or yeah, a couple of games after. Yeah. And everyone was like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then, what, are we nearly 10 years on since he joined? You know, he's, he's in testimonial territory. And he's he's played the grand total of probably 20 games over the past two seasons for United. He obviously went out on loan to Sevilla. They sent him back because... He was got injured. Yeah, I mean, Christ, you know, Anthony Marshall perpetually injured. Now, you know, look at like a player like Phil Jones, perpetually injured, and he gets he got so much grief and stick off 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 the press and fans. In a way, rightly so, because you're taking a you know bumper wage from the football club, and if you know that you're not fit enough, and you you should really just say, look, you know, I need to jack this in. You know, multi millionaire, so it's not like he's going to be short of a quid or two, but. Anthony Marshall's got a contract at United. Until that contract expires, he he's legally yeah. You're not you're not going to forfeit. Well, of course, a couple you're not. hundred grand you know, a week. Like exactly. it, it would be the moral it would be the moral thing to do. But you're not going to. Why would you? No, exactly. If someone wants to pay me a ludicrous yeah. amount of money to sit on my backside and be on someone, the injury team, someone wants to pay me I'll a bit of extra it. rent. Yeah, I'm fine I will with take that. it. I will take it. So whilst we're trying to have a moral conversation here, the, the reality is we've got no morals. I I will do exactly what I need to do to earn the money. And if, if I can sell my backside and earn money and, and, and not have to do anything, then then I will do that until somebody tells me otherwise. But realistically, like if United are going to bring Harry Kane in, if United are going to bring 100 million pounds, like you said earlier that Harry Kane could be United's striker for the next, for the for, you know, the foreseeable future, which yes. But as soon as United bring Harry Kane in, they have to start on a, on a, on a succession plan. They have to, yeah. because he's 30 years of age. At around 30 years of age, that's when a club needs to look at it and go, right, we now need to find a player that is of of that calibre when they're 25 or 26. That's 20 years of age now, like 18 to 20. And, and Haaland's a massive exception to the rule. He, you know, he was he was such a raw, incredible talent. A bit like a Wayne Rooney. They're a generational talent. You're not going to get a player like that. So people seeing Hoyland and going... He could be battling Harlan. Look at how many goals Harlan's got. He's from the same part of the woods. He's got the same beginning and end of his name. It's it's written in the stars. It's it's, it's highly unlikely you're going to get that. It's highly unlikely you're going to get a fifty goal striker the year after. It may happen. Don't get me wrong. You know you've you've gone through the era of Messi and Ronaldo. We're now in the era of Mbappe and Harland. Mbappe going to flippy uh, Saudi. For well, I've just I've just read that he's turned it down. Doesn't want to play in Saudi for a year. Which, a year, just one year. Just what? It was only one year. Yeah, seven hundred million pounds in his back pocket for a year in Saudi Arabia. Get me on the plane, Sam. I'll, uh, there's a guy that, in fact, Mbappe retweeted uh, a guy who sent a selfie and said, "I, I look like Mbappe. I'll go." Basketballer, yeah. Oh, is it? Was yeah, it a basketballer? Yeah, I just thought it was a random uh, guy. Yanis Santokounmpo. Right. Hopefully that's Knowledge. right. Knowledge. I'm trying. Hopefully that pronunciation's right. My Knowledge. flatmate's really into his basketball, so I'm hoping that's. There's the a guy right that I follow on Twitter but... called, I can't remember his name, Tim Long, I think he's a sports commentator. He retweets so much European basketball. And if you think that European football <laughs> like ultras are 
passionate and they've got imagine that in, on a, on a, on a, on a basketball, basketball court I don't it's I called don't Euro just, Leagues yeah, it's brilliant they brilliant. just they are literally in the it's like a sports hall especially because it's, it's inside so exactly. then, and they're still all stood there yeah. with the flares and the inside fireworks in a small sports the, yeah. hall it's incredible yeah, it's I'm, I'm looking at it going I don't even want to go for the basketball no. I just want to watch the fans <laughs> they're chanting they've got banners they've got flares why are we talking about basketball Sam <laughs> this is a football podcast anyway so so what we're saying about Hoyland is all these United fans and 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 I, I say online fans. I don't just mean online fans, but that's where we consume our our yeah. content. You know, I don't walk around the streets going, "What do you think of this?" That, and the other, which we could do, but but it's so much easier and quicker to just see what people are saying on Twitter. Put the hashtag MUFC and hashtag Man United or whatever. And people are suggesting that this Hoyland is going to come in and score a hundred goals, you know, in a season yeah. or whatever. He's I mean, not, I mean, that's the thing. You've got to give him a bit of time to bed in. Surely what, he's not going to he come scored? in. He scored. He scored five in. goals. He's for Denmark. He scored he's four really, in five. Yeah, that's where he's played his best football. Yeah. internationally, but I don't know who that opposition is against. You well, know, it's just a Europe's lower caliber. Got some real, it's a lower caliber of opposition. Yeah, Europe's got some real shocking national sides. Well, this is it, and this is this is the beauty of of Manchester United there's always news there's always talk you, you've seen players come into Manchester United who have thrived you've seen players come to Manchester United who have flopped Paul Pogba is one that's flopped but but you know whether that was injuries whether that was his attitude I don't know whether that was the, 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 the team around him whether that was the style of play he came to Man United with a massive you know, expectation. He thought maybe he was the wrong player for the wrong time. It, it does. It, it's a, the, the opinions on the matter of Paul Pogba and everybody else are sort of irrelevant, other than the fact that Paul Pogba at Manchester United was he a failure? He won two trophies. Well, he's and, in a hundred million loss. Yeah. End of the day. Oh well. Did he? Amortization. You you speak to Tyron Marshall about <laughs> amortization. He will tell you that he was probably not lost. But yeah, we should probably give a shout out to the previous pod that's on. Amortization, shouldn't we? It's a if you if you, if really you want to know what amortization lesson. is, it's a way of financial of, of football clubs splitting the cost of a transfer over over the, the, the contract. Yeah. yeah. So it was an incredible conversation I had with Tyrone Marshall, one of our writers who who is who who is a lot more clued up about this than me, and he was telling me that Man United might pay eighty pound for Harry 80, 80 pounds eighty pounds <laughs> eighty million pound for Harry Maguire, but then. Over the course of his five or six year contracts, if they've got a deal where it's five years with the addition of an extra, United could activate it. So that's 80 million divided by six, Sam. What's eight divided by six? 1.5. 80 divided by six. So 1.5, so 15 million pound a season. I, I, that's great maths, by the way. I'm terrible at maths. <laughs> 15 million pound a season over six years. So if United were to sell Harry Maguire with two years left on his contract for, for more than 30 million, Harry Maguire would be what United regard as a profitable asset. That's incredible. And if that is how business works, then I can tell why I'm not in business because I do not have the brain for that. That is outrageous. So if United could sell a player like Harry Maguire and call it a profit because of this amortization, that's incredible. But anyway, we're going off on tangent. Sam, do you think that United will sign Hoyland? And what do you think he will bring this season? If he does, uh, just, just before you answer that, Eric Ten Hag was asked in his press conference, does uh, Anthony Martial have a future at United? Is he in his plans, was the question. But the reason the question was asked is because there is no obvious yeah. person, team coming in to try and sign him. Where do you think her, uh, Anthony Martial's future lies? And if United do sign Hoyland, which it looks like might be happening, and Amrabat as well, another player that United have just sort of swooped in and got, uh, another Dutch-born 
football, Dutch by born, the way. Moroccan, Dutch born, Moroccan international. international. His brother played for Morocco, but he was... His brother played for Watford. Yeah, he's he not the same one. No, who no, everyone no, no. got confused at the World so Cup. So what, what was his brother's Sofian name? Sofian and Nordin. Nordin Amrabat, yeah. So he played at Watford uh, for a while. And do you know what? When I heard Sofian Amrabat, I was like... I know that name, Amrabat. Yeah, why do yeah. I know that name? Uh, oh, well, they did well at the World Cup. That's probably why. Yeah. But then I was like, no, I feel like there's an Amrabat in the Premier League. And that was when I Googled yeah, it and yeah. found that he was at Watford. Yeah. Uh, probably had about eight managers when he was at Watford. Probably. Given, given Watford's given turnover. Watford's, yeah, history. But um, yeah, sorry. We're, we're back on tangent. We're 16 minutes in, Sam. 16 minutes into this little uh, bonus episode, which we may or may not even put out. If you're listening to this, we put it out. If you're not listening to it, then we decided to can it in the edit. <laughs> but uh, for anyone that doesn't know, if, you, if, you, if you're just tuning in, we've got access to our brand new podcast studio. And me and Sam are testing it. And we're going to decide in the edit whether this is worth putting out. Yeah. And if you guys want to, if you guys are listening to it, let us know. Leave a review, leave a comment, tweet us at Seb Parkinson on Twitter or Sam Hutch M-E-N. M-E-N. What a brilliant handle that is. Sam Hutch M-E-N uh, on Twitter. Let us know what you think. And uh, anyway, back to it, Sam. Will Martial have a future at United? If not, where will he go? And what do you think of Hoyland if United sign him? The short answer for the Martial question is yes. I don't think Man United can go out and sign two strikers that are going to be of Man United quality. I mean, it's up for debate whether Martial's of Man United quality, but he does actually, when he's on the pitch, have a good goal-scoring record. He's just never on the pitch. That's the real. That's where Martial's issues come from. So I do think, realistically, Martial's probably got another year at Man United. If Man United are gonna get held for ransom on strikers, that's re- that's the reality of it. Everyone knows Man United need a striker really badly. Probably need two. Kolo Muani's still available. So if Man United can go and get sort of Hoyland and Kolo Muani, if saying a couple more sales. Alanga sales just gone through today. 15 million to Nottingham Forest. Probably a really good sign for Forest. Probably a really good sale for Man United. Good for all parties involved, really. Man United need that 15 million to sort of go and say, get this Amrabat deal over the line. And I think Martial's going to end up, even if he is this backup for a first-choice striker, Hoyland, Kane, Colomuani, anybody else, really, I still think he'll play a role because without that pressure on him, even if he is injured, it shouldn't be as noticeable. Even if he just plays in the Carabao Cup until January and then Man United move him on in January, I still think that's probably a good result for a season for Anthony Martial. Obviously, we'll probably see him play against Real Madrid. He'll probably do his ACL. We'll not see him for the rest of the season. But You are such a... (laughs) What's the word to describe that? You're such a... I can't even think of the word. I've interrupted you and I can't think of the word. Somebody pessimist. You're yeah. such a pessimist, Sam. <laughs> Carry on. No, um, so I, I do think Hoyland, expectations-wise, at Man United, you'll have to let me know, Man United fans. If you are listening to this, let me know. What would you really be happy with from Hoyland in his first season at Manchester United if he is going to be this striker? I think, realistically is 15 league goals a realistic target and if he smashed if he goes past that that's a really good first season for such a young striker in the Premier League first season in the Prem coming through and getting 15 league goals would be really impressive I think 
20 is probably a couple too many. And I do think, but I do think like even if he comes in and gets 12, I think you can still be quite happy with that. Because even if he comes in and gets 12 goals and allows sort of Anthony to get a couple more, Anthony should really have a more productive season this season, especially if there is that striker up there for him to sort of play off. That's how he played his best football at Ajax off uh, Seb Haller, who you might remember from West Ham. That was where Anthony was strongest, playing off this sort of, not really a target man, a bit of an all-rounder striker. And I do think that's re it's really a position more than a, a name that Man United need. It is just a striker who can play regularly, consistently, and Ten Hag can sort of get his ideas into and make play the Ten Hag way rather than being sat there and playing with Martial who can't then train for three weeks afterwards and can't learn how to play best under an Eric Ten Hag and in an Eric Ten Hag team. Well, on the striker search front, Eric Ten Hag said in his press conference, as we've heard, we will do everything in our power to get it done. We need as soon as possible. Ideally, he'd be here. We need to integrate. But you don't always get ideal situations as manager. We have to deal with that. The, the, that quote, we, we don't always get ideal situations as managers, that tells me that there might be a bit of a stickling block in whoever it is United are trying to sign. If it is Hoyland, then he's sort of set himself up so that he doesn't look a you know, fool by saying, we're going to get him, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But but I feel that Ten Hag generally, when he wants to be cryptic and make a point about something, he will. And I feel that he's saying that, as I say, we don't always get the ideal situation. So it means that the people that you think United are trying to sign, we might not get them, yeah. but we've got a backup. And it's always good. It's a good thing of a manager that he's got a backup. Look at what he what he signed in the summer. Tyrell Malassia. He went in and was it Leon that we're trying to sign him or Leo or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, someone in France. Yeah, and then United just went in and took him. Now a lot of people were like, "Why have you signed him? You know, he's not exactly a United player." But look what he did. He came in. He gave Luke Shaw a kick up the backside that he needed. He took his place for a few weeks, and then guess what? We got the best Luke Shaw we've ever seen. Yeah, and so, he wasn't that expensive. And he was if, cheap. What was he? Fourteen mil, something like that. Yeah, I think, was, I, think three up, I think it was up to fifteen <laughs> mil with add-ons. Um, and realistically, a couple of years down the line, Tyrone Malassia moves on or Luke Shaw moves on. You've then got Alvaro Fernandez, who's been on the tour, who's looks really good. And that's sort of the this is what you succession need. planning exactly a succession that's needed plan. that's been needed yeah, at Man United for, for ten years. years. Now, you, I mean, Fergie going back to the plan, going yeah. back to the Ed Woodward days. You'd have just go and buy somebody, go 50, and get 60 anybody, million. and it was like Falcao. Remember yeah. Falcao? Oh God. I, I loved mean, him, but he was awful for us. That's the risk where Man United have to sign a striker. You don't have someone who's going to play that role, even if a, a player doesn't work out. Even if you do go and sign both, say, Kola Mouani and Hoyland, or Kane and Hoyland, the only real guarantee of goals is Kane, and that's if he stays fit. You know, I don't... Do you know what? I loved it when we signed Ibrahimovic. Yeah. I, he was my favourite post-Ferguson. He is my favourite post-Ferguson. Bruno Fernandes is Bruno up there. Bruno Fernandes is probably going to overtake him pretty soon. Yeah, Ibrahimovic though. I, seeing Ibrahimovic in that Man United shirt just made me so happy. And I was so gutted when he got that ACL injury because I, I around the same time that he got it, I, got, I had the same injury yeah. and I knew the pain. Now, obviously, he was going to make a comeback quicker than me because he's a yeah. professional footballer with private healthcare. Yes, yes. 
and I'm just a fat guy that that, <laughs> that, 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 that does no exercise. But he was just never the same when he came back for United. He, he just didn't play and he played a couple of games. I think he might have scored one or two goals. But he's, then, not, he's not been the same since really. Well, has he's he? old, isn't he? What was he, 35, 36 yeah, when he came well, to United? He's now, what, 40? 41 uh, and he's 41. just retired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a, what a he, legacy. I know, but he barely played last season at AC because he just can't. Like, it's just injuries with the ACL again. He called again. with him. He yeah, called with yeah, him. exactly. But, but to be able to retire at 40, we got him at 35 and it was like, he's at the end of his career. He played for another six or seven years. Granted, not at the level, but imagine he didn't get that. We would not be sat here talking about needing a striker because we would have had Ibrahimovic for five or six years who who came in in place of Martial, don't forget. He took his shirt number, if I remember rightly. And we would then be talking about the succession plan from him because we would have had a top class world class striker for a few years we would have built the team around him not being as fast we'd have had Rashford on the left eventually Sancho on the right you know we brought Ronaldo in Ronaldo again a similar situation where it's a shame it didn't work out for Ronaldo because he would have been I mean right now he's, he's probably still capable problem, isn't it? he's still capable of 20 goals it's a sh- it is a real shame that that it didn't work out when he came back because it would have been so I think, nice. he was, I think it was himself. He had his, he's got himself to it blame. Is, he came himself. in, slagged everybody off, yeah. and then left. And like, he, wasn't, he wasn't happy about being not the biggest name at the club. Eric Tenag came in, benched and him, was instantly it's Eric Tenag's way, which is probably the right way for Man United to think about it. It's not the way they would have thought about it ten years ago. Let's be real, not even ten years ago, five years ago. It's not the way Man United would have gone about it. It would have been Ronaldo's such a big name. He sells so many shirts. Well, it was like under Solskjaer, wasn't it? Yeah. And Solskjaer brought him in. I, in a way, I feel sorry for Solskjaer about that. Because Solskjaer, despite the fact that everybody says he was the wrong man for the job, yes, we all knew that. But do you know what? He came in as interim. What was it, 16 games unbeaten? He went, he got he knocked PSG out of the Champions League. I mean, on paper, any any club sees that guy and goes, Wow. But then you, everyone starts going, well, look, he got Ricardi relegated and got sacked. Like, he's not that great. We, we, we know that. And he's at the biggest club in the world. But to do what he did in this period of time, he did. He obviously did something right. The players obviously reacted to him. The problem with it was he became their mate rather than their manager. And during COVID, it was always going to be difficult for the fact that he was, man, you know, he was managing an unprecedented situation where nobody... And you've got to keep your group so tight. It. It's When you're not seeing them the as well. the only people you're seeing every day. Nobody's you're got not, that experience. No, exactly. Nobody could plan, no manager could plan for, for what happened. And then we came back and it just, it just fell apart and it just wasn't the same. United, you know, we, we played behind closed doors and it was a bit, it was a bit, you know... We, 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 you see, the amount of world class goals we saw with no fans was was outrageous. By the way, uh, they just went. But away. it was like training games. Everybody just like had it. this this com- confidence, freedom, and yeah, you could hear. Yeah. There was no abuse coming from the crowd. No, no balls exactly. being thrown at you. No flares <laughs> being thrown at you. No coins being thrown no, at you when no you take a coin. Being, yeah, corner, no, yeah. no, no blood on the head. You know, on the back of the head, and and you could hear when Bruno Fernandez was getting angry. You could hear him. You know, and he joined United during COVID. Don't forget, like he didn't. He'd never seen United fans before that. Um, but, but with Solskjaer, like, he, he was given Ronaldo. Basically, Oli was signing Ronaldo. Yeah. And he's gone out there and gone, yeah, of course I want him. Of course, any manager in the right mind is going to want Cristiano Ronaldo. But Solskjaer obviously had a plan. He was like, right, I've got Marcus, I've got uh, well, whoever Solskjaer else. wanted He Harland, just brought Sancho so in. He wanted Haaland for four Harland, million quid yeah. or whatever. Before he even went to Borussia Dortmund. He, he was the one who Harland, I recommended so. United yeah, sign yeah. him and all this. Lot. Like, and then he basically just, he got Ronaldo. He had to play Ronaldo up front. So Rashford's nose was probably put out of joint because he wanted to play up there. He'll probably never say it publicly, but you can imagine. Imagine 
you know, you're sat here going, I'm going to be the, the king of the podcast. And all of a sudden somebody comes in and goes, I'm the king of the podcast. You'll be like, okay, yeah, well, I'll, um, yeah, whatever. You know, I've got all this skill and all this to give, but this guy, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, and and and, and the idea of, of Ronaldo coming in and it being like, this guy is a legend of the game. Of course I want to play with him. I want to learn so much from him. But then at the same time, this guy's actually taking your place. He is making you feel bad because you're not as good as as players he's played with or you're not as good as him. You've got Harry Maguire whose nose is out of joint because Ronaldo's coming in and he's the Portugal captain. He was Real Madrid captain, I think, was he? And probably Juventus captain at some point. And Harry Maguire's obviously seen this as a bit of a threat and, and understandably so. He's threatened his his, his job and he's, he's undermined him. Uh, undermined him? Is undermined. That right? Undermined. My English language is terrible. <laughs> I only got a C at GCSE. He's undermined Harry Maguire and Solskjaer just didn't have the backbone because realistically Solskjaer's Ronaldo's mate from, from being at United. I so mean, he's... and a lot of players. Marcus Rashford will have grown up watching Ronaldo. Watching Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Watching we Ronaldo. All did, yeah. Exactly. It's like Ronaldo was always this he was always this sort the of enigma. god amongst men the, yeah. of Man United especially a hero of football was, yeah even when he left he won he was the still 2016 Man Euros from yeah, the bench pretty much telling the players come on <laughs> he was like the manager shoot <laughs> <Yeah>. Edair <laughs> from 40 yards he was on crutches on the side of the pitch taking shots like this guy is just the epitome of the ultimate professional but when that when that person comes into your dressing room and disrupts everything and starts slagging everything off behind the scenes you know Roy Keane did it in 2005 and Fergie shipped him out well Solskjaer didn't have the power to do that because the owners had said he's coming in and he's being what Solskjaer's just got to do what he's got to do and yes you know you look back in hindsight and say he mismanaged this and he mismanaged that and ultimately it cost him his job that, that, that's just the, the part and parcel of it but Ten Hag comes in and he goes I've got no ties to Cristiano Ronaldo so it's my way or the highway didn't and play as, anywhere near enough games in the Eredivisie for Ten Hag to <laughs> like him <laughs> so he's, he's come in and, and he's gone well, it's my way or the highway Cristiano and, he, and Cristiano very 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 vocally took the highway and you know as, as it's been said on this podcast in the past you know look where he's playing his football now in, in Saudi Arabia yes he's probably earning three times as much but the level of, of the level of the, the game the overall level of the game is not you know and, and now you're starting to say all these Premier League footballs go out to Saudi as well what is it Riyad Mahrez has just Riyad gone Mahrez there Riyad Going. I'm not sure it's Kante, announced yet. Benzema. Kante's gone. Benzema's gone. Ruben Neves gone. Ruben Neves. God, that was such a weird one. Because I'd never had him at United. I mean, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. Who? Is he gone? He's gone. He yeah. was another player that yeah. United were supposed yeah. to be signing well, three or four still, years ago. He's just had probably his best season for Lazio of his whole career. It's been real. But imagine Brilliant. Sam. Imagine then, I turn to you and say, Sam, you can stay here and play in the best. The, you can you can stay here and work at the best company in the world, or we'll give you everything you possibly dream of for five times the salary. Uh, in the hot weather, yeah, mm, mm, not mm, sure about I that. Do, I do Ooh. look good with a tan as well. Yeah, am I <laughs> am I going to be throwing my career down the drain? But I'm going to be earning five million pound a day. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Am I am I nearing the end of my career? Yeah, am I best years? Do I even need a career if I go and make <laughs> five hundred million a season? <laughs> exactly. I could just. I, Go to Saudi Arabia. Just I can go on holiday yeah. during the off season and spend five million pound yeah. on a villa. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm going to get me a nice yacht, private yacht around the Med. Will I play as many international games as possible because I've gone to a low league? Because I'm Ronaldo. Not. Yes. Yeah, I'm still the captain. Yeah. I'm still calling the shots in the dressing room. Do you know what? Like, like the Jordan Henderson story has obviously got a massively different take to it because of his stance on like LGBT. So I can understand the outrage for him going over there, and he seems to have been a bit silent about it, which is a bit irritating. He has been very 
strangely quiet. He's not he, really. I know he can't be. really say it. He can't really come out because he is still under contract at Liverpool. But it would be nice to see something. A press from conference him. probably yeah. will be where we well, get it'll, our pro- it'll be a statement. It'll be a tweet. It'll be a statement on, at the uh, towards Thank the end. For... It'll be a screenshot on a tweet. Yeah, a if, screenshot if you, of a notes on... app or something. Yeah. Look, moving to Saudi Arabia. It, do, do you not remember ten years, fifteen years ago? Everyone was going to America. Yeah. We're going to America. I mean, for five a years then. ago, everyone was going to China. And then. They're all going to China. Yeah. Yeah. Or Russia. I mean, uh, it feels different, this one, though, because it's a lot. Everyone's just more stuck on sports watching. Sort of yeah. Very top, top quality players. You know, Benzema's the reigning Ballon d'Or winner. You've got Kante, who's won everything. You've got sort of people like Ruben Neves, who've got interest from across Europe. It was. For the people the who went to the sort of China, there is a bit more like Russia, and when, like Anzi. you just said, Anzi uh He went. Roberto Carlos went, and then Willian went. Willian, Willian returned though. Eto went. Who was it? Oscar. Where did he go? Oscar China. went to China. He's still in China. Is he still in, in fact, China? yeah. Where did Carlos um, Tevez go? Carlos Tevez went to China. So did Drogba. Mascarano. Mascarano went to China. Did he go to America in the end? I feel like he was Mascarano. No, Mascarano went back to Argentina. Right, I believe. Um, Bastian Schweinsteiger went to Chicago Fire. So, but again, like uh, I think, I think the whole political landscape around Saudi Arabia is why there's so much, yeah, like disdain of players have always done it. There will always be a rich, a new rich league in a in a country that's not really had this history of having a great league. There will always be this option, and like uh, Alex Tellers has just gone, hasn't he, to Al Nasir as well? Is that where Ronaldo is? Yes, same team. Yeah. Yeah. It feels different, this one. Um, but anyway, we're on a massive tangent. This is a Manchester United podcast. What are we talking podcast. about? I've completely forgotten what we're talking about. Talking about Ronaldo do you know and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And <laughs> we've somehow gone into we're talking about geopolitics strikers. of football. <laughs> I keep trying to let you talk about strikers and I keep butting in and I keep going off on a tangent. This is this is welcome to the world of a podcast with Seth Parkinson because I literally will. It's like Family Guy. This is welcome to the world of an in-person podcast. Yeah, and it's, it, gone. It, it's like Family Guy and I've just done it again. When you watch an episode of Family Guy, Peter Griffin will go, remember, Lois, when we got trapped in the airport, and then it will cut to a five-minute cutscene. If you cut all those cutscenes out, which I think that they're self-aware of, because they, they, they do episodes It'd where... It'd be about five minutes of episodes. Five, five seconds. Yeah. Whereas I watch The Simpsons, and Homer will go, hey, remember, Marge, when we went to... I don't know what the accent is. Remember when we went to England and saw the Queen? And then in my head, I'm expecting a cutaway yeah, yeah. because I've watched so much Family Guy over the years. So this is what it's like when you do a podcast with me is that I will talk and talk and talk about something. We will then just go off on a massive tangent. We're going to end up with a four-hour-long podcast, not even realise. A four-hour-long podcast where only three minutes of it is talking about Manchester United striker search. Yeah, exactly. But um, anyway, I want to move on. I want to move on because we're 37 minutes in. Sorry, if you're still listening, thank you. And let us know if you think this is interesting because we will do more of this if you like it. We can just come here, chew the fat. Right. I want to go back to Man United. Right. Today, as we're recording on Tuesday afternoon, Manchester United's Marcus Rashford is somebody you never really see do an interview. He's done a, an overlap with Gary Neville. And if you don't know what the overlap is, it's it's a, a series of, of interviews. It's Gary Neville's YouTube channel, basically. Gary Neville's YouTube channel. He's a right back. He used to overlap David Beckham. That's where the names come from. 
the overlap. Um, he's done 30 questions with Marcus Rashford because he scored 30 goals last year, as I said from the top. Marcus Rashford has given some really, really good quotes. And my favourite one was, Marcus Rashford, which Man United player from history would you want to come back? Now, before I tell you what he said, Sam, if you were Marcus Rashford, who would you want? I mean, you're looking at where... Man United are struggling now. It'd be probably strikers. It'd be sort of central midfield, maybe. Sort of so a, a real all-action central midfielder. So um, who, I haven't seen this interview if yet. If you were if Marcus I, Rashford, from any player in history, from Manchester United, who would you want to be the person, the player, whether it's a goalkeeper to stop goals, whether it's a centre-half, whether it's a left-back, right-back, central midfielder, a striker, a Goliath up front, who would you want it to be? I would have to say a striker, but there is one that I would love to see in this Man United side, and that's David Beckham. That's just on a personal level. I'd just love to see him on the right, sort of drifting into midfield, where and that would allow Rashford to push up a lot more off the left. I just think that would be fantastic to watch. But it would have to be a striker. That's where Man United's problem position is right now, and that will make Rashford play better if there is a striker coming in. I think probably Rooney... But I know Rashford did end up playing with Rooney, so... You've literally named every Man United player from history. I know. Just pick one. I know, but I can't... Who was it? I've had a mind blank of strikers. Strikers? <laughs> right. I've had a mind blank of strikers. Paul Scholes would be nice in central midfield. I I would probably go sort of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. As a striker, there we are. <laughs> Could you, do you want to name any more while you're here? <laughs> Dennis Irwin, yeah, Real yeah. Ferdinand, Emmanuel Vidic. Get, uh, George Best back. Get George Best, yeah. Dennis Law, <laughs> Bobby Charlton. <laughs> Marcus Rashford said the player from history that he would most like to have in that team was Paul Scholes. He actually said it'd be Waza, but he said, I played with Waza. Yeah. So I, I'd like it to be someone I've not played with. And it was Paul Scholes. And it was because, as you sort of pointed out, a player pinging the ball over to him. The question I have, and it's a, it's another tangent. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, as Fabrizio likes to say. It's a tangent. Would David Beckham survive in the Premier League with the way he played now? Yes, but not as a winger. Well, I think he would have to move. We saw him when he went to sort of Milan and PSG towards the end of his career and then especially at LA Galaxy, he played a lot more centrally and I think he'd probably fail straight in in that Mount role. Um, the role that Mount's just been signed to play, the role Christian Eriksen so played Ryan last Giggs season. So where sort of ended his career, in that sort of central midfield? Yeah, yeah sort of as, as an eight, but more of an attacking eight. And then, with especially with Casemiro behind him, you don't really need to do any defensive work. Beautiful. Just, yeah. Best personality Marcus Rashford has shared a dressing room with? Best personality? Now, bear in mind, this is players he's played with. Uh, I'm trying to think, think who... big personalities at Man United. And we've actually discussed this player already. Well, it's going to have to be Zlatan. It is Zlatan. Is it Zlatan? He's awesome. He just, he's so funny. He's just himself. He's awesome. Uh, th there's actually a really good... And again, if you've not watched the, the, the 30 questions with the overlap, go and check it out. It's quite good. And I'm sure that the full-length full episode will be out soon. But he's asked... Um, Gary Neville says the jukebox, which for people of my generation is is quite annoying. He says, "Oh, what, what is this? Nineteen seventies? Who who plays? Who's the DJ in the dressing room?" And his answer was, "It was Ashley Young." Oh, I thought it would have been Jesse Lingard. Ashley Young was the was the DJ, but now what what he, what he said was, and this is quite because it's quite clever, quite diplomatic actually. Whoever is the DJ can be the DJ until United lose. 
Oh, right, if you're okay. the DJ and United lose, you're You'll off the deck. Lose your DJ. And you go back to the back of the line. Yeah. And what he said was, I like that system. That's it's good. good. It's, it's fair. Good, that. Yeah. And it also means that if somebody's got terrible music, the players might want to go out there and lose yeah. to get them <laughs> off the decks. <laughs> Even worse, if the player if a player has terrible music and then the players go out and play a fantastic game, they've got to listen to that. They've got to listen to that rubbish. So he for... said that. Um, he says it's whenever there's like music that's in Portuguese yeah. and obviously the Portuguese lads loving it. Oh, the English lads are hating it because they can't understand it. And it's, 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 it's funny. And do you know what it means? It really opens up what goes on inside the dressing room. A lot of people think that United's dressing room is so, you know, because of the media personalities that a lot of them put on, the, the, the sort of like, you know, prepared answers for everything. You know, you, you were saying to me earlier off air about Ten Hag's answers. He's going back to the press conference during the season, Ten Hag, where he just gives, nope, yep. I don't know. You know, yeah. we're trying. I, well, he said they, it was que I questioned about uh, Mbappe, and he said I can't talk about players who are oh. under contract Which I, at other clubs. Yeah, because then obviously, yeah. from a journalist's point of view, there's a headline. Eric Ten Hag says as well. He doesn't want that. He doesn't need that attention. But but from a journalistic point of view, like you know, he will go. You need stories, this that, and the other. And it's like, yeah, but in a way, like yes, we do need stories, but. It, it really irritates me that somebody is not prepared to talk about something. I, I get it. I totally get it because then your quotes may get taken out of context, especially these aggregator accounts around nowadays. Eric Ten Hag wants Mbappe at United. Well, he's like, I never said that. What I did say was I would love a player like that at United. Who wouldn't? Who's going to say no to that? You know, who's who's going to say no to Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, you know, everybody did, but United. Was he going to City? Probably down to money. Was he going to City? Well, probably. Imagine Ronaldo yeah. at City. Not only would United fans not be out of sleep, but imagine... He wouldn't, he wouldn't be playing. Imagine he was a success, though. Imagine he went to City and he was... He, Kissed the badge. The thing is... Oh won God, the treble. Jeez. <laughs> Do you know what? You put you put Ronaldo in in um, Haaland's shoes last season. Yeah. Do you reckon he scored 50 goals? He's not got the pace that Haaland has. Haaland was dominant. Like, Haal, I mean, Haaland's... Haal, Physicality is where he, where he Ronaldo stands out. can jump to the size of the yeah. Statue of Liberty, can't he? Is that he can, can jump he still? High. I haven't seen. I haven't I seen know, him. Probably. Yeah, probably since he since he moved over to. Oh God, we're going down a tangent again. Oh Jesus, <laughs> Sam, what have you done to me? <laughs> right, we're going to finish. We're going to finish off. Right, what do you want to finish off on? Have you have you got anything oh, you want to finish did off on? Ten Hag mentioned anything else? Oh, Wrexham game. So you know Johnny Evans and and then Real Madrid the day after. Do you want Johnny Evans to sign a deal at United? I do. I'm yeah. desperate for him yeah. to. Because I love Johnny Evans with United. I, I was really disappointed when he left because I felt that even though he was never going to be as good as Rio or Vidic, I felt that he was the next in line. And I mean, Johnny, that's the thing. Even if he does what Tom Huddleston's been doing recently. You know, Tom Huddleston's I was on the books when at I Man United. He was and he does, he's, not, not, he's not even trying to be in the first team. He's there for experience for the younger players. Even if Johnny Evans comes through comes and signs this contract at Man United for a year as a rotation option at defence and then goes into another year of being this experienced head in the in the youth teams and then get doing his coaching badges on the side or whatever. Because I think he'd probably come across, he always comes across well in interviews, Johnny Evans, you know, in match of the day, post-match interviews, he always does well. And I think really he wouldn't, he wouldn't be the worst signing in the world for Man United, especially this season, get a bit more of experience, bring someone back who was there in the glory days, really. It threw, it threw a real spanner in the works of my my plans. I, I got George to plug a video that I was making on the podcast. And if, if any of you are listening to this and thinking, yeah, what happened to that video? Well, the reason it never got made or was halfway through being made was that I was doing a video of 
the end of an era, the end of the Alex Ferguson era. David De Gea leaving United was the last piece of the of Alex Ferguson's legacy. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say that, but the last player that played under Sir Alex Ferguson was David De Gea after winning the league in 2013. So I was like, great, got a video idea. We're going to make this. You know, where are they now is the video. And I had all the players lined up. I had a, I had a paragraph on each. I had a bit of information on each player. And Johnny Evans was obviously in there. Johnny Evans just been released out of Leicester City. Johnny Evans is looking for a club, but he might go and retire. Next minute, Johnny Evans rocks up at Old Trafford, uh, at Carrington. And then United have signed him on a short-term deal, which I absolutely adore because I'd love to have somebody with that winning mentality and, and that calibre, even if he's just there to put an arm around some of the younger players and say, look, lads, I've been there and done it. I left United. Like, it's not it's not the end of your career. If you, you know, Charlie Savage has just left and gone to Reading. Like, United players, United young kids, like, you, they're not just going to leave and end up at nothing. Most of them are not just going to leave. Most of them are set for life for a career. Like you, yeah. you know, leave I mean, one. you don't you don't make the grade at United without being a fantastic footballer. Like every single person who comes through at Manchester United is astronomically better than you could ever imagine. Yeah, a lot of other academies. Yeah, like um, what's his face? He's gone to Forest. Alanga. Yeah, yeah. Like he might not be good enough for Manchester United, but. God, you're looking at the top one, two percent of players in world football that are going to be good enough for Manchester United. He's going to go to Forest. He could be like what happened to De Bruyne when he left Chelsea. Go and be a world beat. He's 20, 20 years of age, 21 years of age. He, you know, he's still got five years before he's even anywhere near his prime. If he does five years of 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 coming of age and becomes absolutely world class. I hope United have got a buyback clause on him because everyone's talking about Alanga's ceiling being limited, and, and it may very well be. But there are players out there like a Kevin De Bruyne and a Paul Pogba. I don't say Paul, Paul Pogba, Pogba. Yeah. came back for 100 million. I think, he was yeah, but I think he left because of politics. He didn't leave because he wasn't good enough. You know? Yeah, but no, the, he left because he wanted first team football. Didn't yeah, he? but yeah. there's other players that have left clubs. United. Yeah. Jaden Sancho was let, let go from City and ended up being a world beater. Jude Bellingham again, he wasn't let go as he was. He was snapped up by Dortmund. But you know, there's players out there that that have not been regarded as world-class or good enough for the team they're at, who've then gone on to be bought back by that team or bought by a, a, an equally good team and gone, didn't he, didn't he used to play for such a body and he wasn't good enough? Kevin Durant is my, my favourite example. He went to Wolfsburg. I mean, Salah's a good example. Salah. Salah was, was at Chelsea. not good enough at Chelsea yes, and then went off, went off to Italy, was yeah. fantastic for two seasons and then came back to Liverpool and now he's one of the best players in the league, so... Yeah. Um, right, Sam. I'm going to wrap it up there because yes. I've run out of things to talk to you about. And we're on 50 oh, minutes. We're on 50 minutes of what was a 10 minute test of this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, what this this is welcome to working with me. I have meetings with these guys, and I say we've got we've got a quick half an hour, and they go, oh, they roll their eyes because it's an hour and a half, and it's usually me just talking about anecdotes and making. I know that's analogies. me done for the day. <laughs> yeah, Sam done for the day. Sam, it's three o'clock. We're gonna have half an hour. <laughs> Rubs his hands. That's my shift over. Anyway, yeah. thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you are listening if you're still listening and we've actually put this out thanks for listening leave us a review let us know tweet us at Seb Parkinson on Twitter at Sam Hutch M-E-N on Twitter I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up there you'll hear from Sam tomorrow you yes. might not, you might be hearing this podcast I'll keep saying it thanks for listening I'm pressing the button goodbye goodbye